This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Shalom, shalom, everybody. A great blessing of joy, peace, wholeness, and grace to you today as you join me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change on K-Pulpit. And I know that if you've been with us the whole afternoon, you are ready for Voice of Change, ready for what is going to be taking place, ready for what we are talking about on the show. Because today I'm still going to be touching in on what is happening in the Middle East more specifically what is happening in Israel. And since we last spoke last week and the week before, you know, a lot has happened. A lot we are seeing a lot of things in the news and in the media and that's very important for us. But also we are beginning to see a rise in anti-Semitism around the world. And I fully believe that this is not something new. We know that it is not something new. It is a spirit that is there. And now we are seeing it rear its ugly head. Just this week, I was looking through pictures of uh, my time that I spent in Israel a couple of years ago. And uh, I took some photos at Yad Vashem. Now, maybe some of you listening have actually been to Yad Vashem, the Holocaust Museum in Jerusalem. And uh, I actually didn't realize while I was there that I was not allowed to take photos. I just want to say that as a disclaimer. But uh, I've been to the Holocaust Center in Cape Town. And if you've not yet been there, I really encourage you to go and visit the Holocaust Center in Cape Town. It has a unique history connected to South Africa and also the Holocaust as well. And there you are allowed to take photos. So uh, when I was in Yad Vashem, though, I happened to take some photos before I realized that I wasn't allowed to and then stopped taking photos. But I was looking back through these pictures that I took in Israel and saw something that actually astounded me afresh again. And that was some of the photos that I took was of me standing by posters that had been up around World War II preceding the terrible Holocaust and when the Jewish people were placed in concentration camps. And a lot of the signage and obviously the spray paint, the graffiti, and uh, the Star of David, the wording, everything like that was to me so chilling because I'm looking at it and this is what happened that preceded the killing of 6 million Jews. And I'm seeing the same imagery, the same wordings, the same everything that was used there. I'm suddenly seeing it around the world today and even in graffiti that was put up in Cape Town just a week ago. Uh, was promptly taken down and so we thank the the city for that because it shouldn't be tolerated but we also are seeing the same imagery the same wording the same everything that should send warning bells to us that you know the promise that was made before the holocaust took place we should realize that there was this wording that came out from the international community after the Holocaust took place. And that was that we will never, ever forget what happened and that we will not be silent if we see something like this happen again. And yet, in 1994, there was a genocide in Rwanda, a Holocaust, again, of people. And so, again, we are seeing that we say things and we go, we're not going to forget and we're going to do our best not to let this happen again. And yet we've seen things happen again. 
And it's scary to consider this reality. So today, joining me on the show, we're going to be talking about not just what happened in Israel and the war, but also how God sees his people through his word, how we should pray, what we should feel, what we should think at this time. And joining me to do just that is Kelly Ferrari Mills. Now, she is the founder of Doorkeeper Ministries. She's ministered in so many congregations, Bible studies, events all over the world, leading worship. She also teaches the Bible from a Hebraic perspective. And uh, she actually, in 2005, lived at the Jerusalem House of Prayer for All Nations. And she participated in 24-7 prayer and worship. And this birthed her book called Keeping Watch Over Israel. And she's joining me to talk about coming into alignment with God's heart during the season and during this time. And so you don't want to go anywhere if you're very confused or even just need a little bit of a refresher on why we should care about Israel and what we should feel right now as we see these horrific atrocities happening and we see the rise of anti-Semitism, well, then this is the place you want to be. And if you've, you know, not decided how you feel, this is also the place where you want to be. So don't go anywhere. Kelly is with me after this. It's going to be such a great time on Voice of Change today as I'm joined by Kelly, as I introduced her earlier on to you, uh, someone who has an incredible heart and love for God and love for his word and also love for God's people and his land of Israel. And right now in the world, we know that as Christians, I believe we should be really concerned about what is going on in Israel, what is going on, not only in Israel, but around the world with the anti-Semitism that we see regarding now that has just been rearing its head it's always been around but you know especially with the conflict happening now in Israel and what we see has just shown us that there's a deeper reality at play and uh, sharing with me today is Kelly and she is going to be taking us through the depth of God's word as well it's going to be a time where we really reflect on what is the father's heart and coming into alignment with God's heart for his people, his nation at this time. So Kelly, such a privilege to have you with me. You are always such a blessing. And I just know that God's going to have his way with us today. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for asking me. I'm really excited. (laughs) Now tell me something I would love to know before we get into the scriptures. How have you been feeling around this war Now going into day 19, you know, uh, on the 7th of October, we saw this terrible massacre happening. What has, you know, been happening in your heart and in your spirit during this time? So initially, of course, when the reports first started coming across our TV screens and, and radios and computers, it was so devastating and the tears were great. And even my husband, who is in a last stage of dementia, was so moved by what he saw that he went into about a 12-hour shutdown just in deep, deep prayer. I think it affected all of us who Mm -hmm. truly love the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and carry a burden of prayer for his people. So initially, it was very devastating. But the thing that I'm going to love sharing with your program uh, today is that as the days have gone on in this war in the Middle East, the Lord has been directing me to a number of scriptures to show me that he is sovereign. He has chosen a people. He has chosen a land for himself. He has chosen a city where he put his name, and it's only one city in the world where he did that, right? In Jerusalem. And that this is not all catching him by surprise. 
And that helped me to uh, dry my tears and start looking through the Word of God to discover what, as you said, what His heart is for this people, um, why He is allowing this to happen, even perhaps for his, over his people? That's that's a huge question. Yeah. The question that I keep getting from others who write and call me after I write blogs, they write and call me and say, "Well, why do why should we stand for Israel? Mm. And you know, why should we really care about the Jewish people?" Mm. And then I began to see such an incredible rise in anti-Semitism around the world. And that is what has been most alarming to me, because I realized that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in all of the nations who do not understand God's heart. And as you said, uh, do not understand how to pray in alignment with his heart so that we can really be tracking with what he's doing in the midst of all this. Mm -hmm. I love what you said about God also sharing with you about him being sovereign. And uh, because I had the same experience, I think that the devastation that we saw and when, like you said, uh, you know, that Shabbat, that's that Sabbath day uh, yes. on the 7th of October starting, um, it's it's Sabbath, you know, it's Sabbath in the Holy Land too. And uh, just what was happening uh, and just when we saw things starting to happen, I was at my dad's 70th actually on that eve of, of oh. Simchat Torah and uh, <laughs> when this happened and it just felt like a, a really weird significance. But, um, you know, and uh, God just kept saying to me, obviously, like you, the tears and the heartbreak, uh, the praying and uh, what went into that. And and uh, God said, I just heard the voice of Yeshua, the voice of Jesus just cl so clearly say to me before Abraham was, I am. Yeah. And just holding everything together. And uh, so he and he was kept saying to me, I'm not unsettled by what is happening because I knew, you know, I'm not off the throne. I'm not caught unaware when we were right. all asking, how can like the most heavily guarded nation right. in like, you know, our humanity with every single weapon that they have and just their army, how can they be, have been caught off guard? And God yes. was like, I wasn't caught off guard. You know, I knew that this would happen from the beginning, uh, you know, and before Abraham even was, I am. And, Amen. And I think that that's comforting to us as well. So share with us are uh, these two things I'm going to really be asking you today. And I know it's going to be, it's going to be a lot that we're going to talk about. But the first thing, you know, I know we're going to touch on later on the show, God's heart for the Jewish people. Like you said, people asking, why should we even care about the Jewish people? You know, and that mm -hmm. we're going to get to. But what has God been sharing with you from his word about his land, about, you know, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob? There you mentioned it, their descendants specifically uh, inheriting that land and and uh, wasn't chosen for Abraham's other descendants. And uh, what has God been sharing with you through his word that we can understand during this time? Well, thank you. I, it's such a privilege to get to share these scriptures with your audience. And so, of course, his story or history, <laughs> according to the Bible, begins in Genesis 12, 2 through 6, when we see that God makes his covenant with Abraham and promises him that he will make Abraham a great nation and that through him, all nations will be blessed because the Messiah, Yeshua, would come through his line. So we see that through this covenant, our sovereign God, maker of heaven and earth, made a decision to choose a people and a land for himself. 
And in doing that, he set the he uh, set the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob apart as his own. And he led them eventually into the land. He promised them as their inheritance forever. Key word, forever. Hmm. So these scriptures are going to help bring us into the rhythm of his heartbeat. And I pray that all of you who are listening would just may perhaps get a pen and a piece of paper or get your Bible and copy down these references I'm going to give you. They are so important in learning how to pray with God's heart. Exodus 6, 7 through 8, he says, I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am Jehovah the Lord. What a promise and a covenant. And God does not break his covenants, right? (laughs) Sometimes we break them, but Mm -hmm. God Almighty does not break his covenants. And so that was a promise to that line of peoples forever. Mm -hmm. Then in Deuteronomy 4, I'm going to be reading uh, starting at verse 31, which says, For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Did any people ever hear the voice of a God, small g, speaking out of the midst of the fire as you have heard and still live? Or has any God, small g, ever attempted to go and take a nation for himself from the midst of another nation, by trials, by signs, by wonders, and by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, by great deeds of terror, all of which the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes. He's reminding them of how he brought them out and how there is no other God that has done such things out of great love for his people. Mm. Towards the end of that, in verse 39, I believe it is, he says, Um, know therefore today and lay it to your heart. So I ask our listeners, lay it to your heart that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth beneath, and there is no other. Hmm. Then in Jeremiah 10, verse 16, it says, Not like these is he who is the portion of Jacob, for he is the one who formed all things, and Israel is the tribe of his, his inheritance. Adonai Sevaot, the Lord of hosts, is his name. So clear. Jacob, of course, being synonymous with the word Israel. And the Lord God saying that Israel is the tribe of his inheritance. It is an inheritance that has been given to them from the beginning of time. And it is... Um, It's a covenant that is not going to ever be changed. Hmm. Jeremiah 13, 11 says, For as the loincloth clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise, and a glory. Hmm. (laughs) That is thrilling to me because he's really stating that he has taken the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah, which means all 12 tribes that we see in the Old Testament in the Tanakh, Mm -hmm. 
And what is he doing with them? He's asking them to cling to him because his purpose is that they would be for him a people and a name, a great name, Israel, and a praise and a glory to him. Hmm. Do I have time to give one more? Or two oh, more? yes. Go on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. In Psalm, um, no, let me go back because this is Zechariah, Zechariah 2, verse 12. And the Lord will inherit Judah as his portion in the Holy Land and will again choose Jerusalem. Amen. So for those of us who say, you know, what's so great about Jerusalem? What's so great about Israel? Um What's so great about it is that the Lord has chosen, he's made a sovereign choice to have that be a people and a land for himself. And what is so incredible about the fact that he says he will again choose Jerusalem means that when our Messiah, Yeshua, comes back, when he returns to rule and reign in the earth, it will be in only one place, Jerusalem. God again chooses him, and that kingdom is for the entire millennium and then into eternity. So it's all centered. People wonder why in the world is the whole world so focused on this little sliver of land that's about the size of our state of New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard Eric Stackelbeck say this in his Watchmen program yesterday. The whole world is obsessed with Israel, but there's a reason why it is the it's the center of the earth uh, where creation began and it is also where his story will culminate Hmm. in eternity with king yeshua it is his story it is his people it is his land Hmm. psalm 53 verse 6 says oh that salvation for israel would come out of zion When God restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice and let Israel be glad. That too is speaking of an end time when a regathered Israel is together again in the land. Amos 9 verse 8 says, Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the surface of the ground, except that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, declares the Lord. Amos 9.15, I will plant them on their land and they shall never again be uprooted out of the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. Mm. Back to verse 8, he says, his eyes are upon the sinful kingdom and he will destroy it from the surface of the ground. I believe that that is referring to specifically to Hamas. Mm -hmm. knowing that the word Hamas is a Hebrew word, which in English means violence. It's found 23 times in our Bibles, in the scriptures, and it's translated as the word violence in English. But in Hebrew, my friends, the word is Hamas. Mm -hmm. His eyes are on this sinful kingdom. His desire is to rid it from the face of the earth. And I'm going to bring you some more understanding about that just in just a moment when we speak about the uh, Prince of Persia. <laughs> mm. So important. These, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's so important that, that you mentioned the Prince of Persia as well. And it uh, it's 
It's uh, it's interesting, you know, um, my husband Tim was sharing with me today a scripture in Ezekiel 37 verse 5 where it says, Therefore says the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy I have spoken against the rest of the nations and against all of Edom, all of Edom, who yes. have appropriated my land for themselves as a possession with wholehearted joy and with such deep scorn in their souls so as wow. to drive everyone out for prey. Wow. And I think that you and I get probably get that depth of that scripture, Kelly. Maybe some people are going, what's that got to do with it? But we know uh, the descendants of Edom, who they are today. We should know if we, you know, read our Bibles properly. And God, they're saying in his anger, he's witnessing what yes. they are doing. And uh, we know that in the beginning, you know, when God spoke to Jacob, when he spoke to Isaac, he also said that, you know, Esau's descendants would not inherit the land of Israel, the land, the promised land promised to Jacob's descendants, but they would have Mount Seir, which is round about Jordan area and the Sinai Peninsula. They would not inherit uh, the physical land of Israel. That was for Jacob's descendants. And yes. uh, God is watching and saying, in my scorn, I'm seeing how, you know, people not intended by me, not in that covenant are attempting to with joy in their hearts and scorn in their souls take what is mine to give what is mine that has been promised to the yeah. people that I have promised it to uh, to take it for themselves and I think we forget that don't we don't people forget that you know God created the heavens and the earth it says that the whole world is he so he de he designs who he promises things to that's right that's and right and like you said, a covenant is everlasting it's forever so when he made that covenant with them he's not going back on that covenant no. No, not he's all. not. He's not. And I'm. I just think it's devastating when our Christian brothers and sisters um, are out there, you know, <laughs> saying "Yay for Palestinians! Yay for Hamas!" Uh, I I don't understand these protests and these things that are going on because if they truly are believers in Yeshua and believe in the in the word of god and in the scriptures then i don't understand how this can be happening because one of the things that they are forgetting when they do this is that let me let me make sure that i say this the way i want to okay. the thing we have to get straight in our minds and our hearts is that israel's enemies are also god's enemies mm. and i think that psalm 11 4 through 5 says it Remarkably, it says the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes see, his eyelids test the children of man. The Lord tests the righteous, but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves Hamas. Violence. Mm. Wow. Uh, that's pretty strong. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that, that is, that is, that is strong. Yes. Especially the word hate, you know, we don't we don't like to think about God hating anything, mm. but he does. His anger grows very, very strong against those that touch the apple of his eye, which means the Jewish people, and that try to overturn all that he has wanted to give to his people. Now, you and I both know <laughs> mm. that uh, Israel is not without sin. Yeah. And America is definitely not without sin. And that whenever God's people um, start abandoning him or throwing him out, 
of their daily lives, out of their churches, out of their schools, as we have done here in my nation of the United States, but it has also been happening um, a lot in Israel, then the Lord is going to bring judgment, which he has a right to do because he has a reason for it. One reason and one reason only to call his wayward people to return to him, right? Mm, It's always his reason why he allows wars or why he allows famines or why he allows plagues. All of those things all through the Bible and all through history are because of his heart to bring his people back to him. The ones who have strayed from him, the ones who have thrown out his word, the ones who have thrown out his commandments. Um, you and I both know, and I don't know if our, all our listeners know, but there's a word for this in the Hebrew, and it is teshuva, which means repent, turn from your sin, come back to your God and his commandments. And I just believe that that's his cry throughout the earth right now, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And with that, we're going to take a quick music break because I want that to resonate in the hearts of you who are listening today hearing God's cry. And absolutely. And our nation of South Africa, we have seen even our government uh, siding with Hamas and saying, yeah. you know, and, and these things we are seeing and, and wickedness that happens in, in nations and God's heart of repentance and yeah. mercy is there, but his judgment will come. And uh, it's something that is we know and see in the word. So we're going to take a quick music break, but I don't want you to go anywhere because Kelly is still with me after this. And we're going to really be getting even more in to this topic. So enjoy some music and see you when we get back. You're with me, Lauren Jacobs, here on Voice of Change today and joining me, Kelly Ferrari Mills. And we have been chatting through the scriptures, talking through the scriptures about God's people, about Israel about the Jewish people, about God's covenant, and also God's heart. Just like Kelly said before we went to the song, that cry of repentance, Teshuvah, uh, you know, and I pray that you are hearing it. I pray that your churches are hearing it. I pray that your congregations are hearing it and uh, are not just sitting there wanting to kind of pat us all on the backs, but encouraging us to get real and searching our hearts about where we are. And uh, we see prophecies being fulfilled right before our eyes and will be fulfilled, you know, and we should be stirred up inside of ourselves to go, where am I in all of this? Where is my heart in all of this? Now, Kelly, speaking of uh, churches and congregations, We have also heard, like you said, people saying, why should I care about the Jewish people? In fact, uh, the Jewish people are not, you know, Israel anymore. There's a spiritual Israel, which I'm part of. So I don't feel like we should care about Israel. I don't don't feel like we should care about the Jewish people. They need to deal with themselves. And uh, how do you see all of that how do we respond to all of that because we know this is replacement theology we know it's been around for a very long time but it also underpins this reality of going the jewish people don't have a role to play in god's uh, end time plan so and and like you said earlier on anti-semitism rising up and how do we people who really do love israel and get the fact that that's not truth how do we begin to really explain to people that this is not true and God's not done with the Jewish people. 
So I think that one of the ways that I have used in the past to try to help people understand this is I set up a little sort of quick scenario about the story that most of our Christian friends know from the Bible, when Yeshua rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, Mm -hmm. and all the people came out with their palm branches, and they spread them on the road and said, Hail to the King of Jews! And um, they thought at that time that he was going to be riding in to conquer Rome, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and to be set up as their their rightful king. And they were all very, very excited about it. And then I ask your listeners to, to just uh, take that story that we all know about and take it a little bit further and think about what would have happened, what would have happened if he would have become only king of the Jews, and set himself up on the throne and conquered Rome in their day. Hmm. What would it mean for us who are Gentiles? <laughs> hmm. First of all, that story wouldn't have gone on to its culmination, which was the cross, right? Yeah. He wouldn't have gone to the cross if he'd been made king right then and there. He um, And so then there would have been no salvation for the rest of us if he was only king over them. And what that does is, is it humbles me so greatly. It humbles me deeply to know that, that the Lord didn't let the story go that way. Mm-hmm. The Lord allowed him to die on a cross and shed his blood for all of us so that we could be grafted in to the family of God, grafted in to the olive tree of Israel. We are blessed and humbled to be part of the family. <laughs> yeah. Mm. I'm thinking of that scripture, you know, while you were speaking, I was I was trying to find it because it came to to me while you were speaking in Romans 9 where it's Paul. And, you know, he says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I myself could wish that I was cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, for those who are of my own race, the people of Israel, because theirs is the adoption to sonship. Theirs is the divine glory. To them belong the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. To them are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever and ever. And he is to be praised. Amen. And there even Paul is in anguish for his own people. He never saw them as being, you know, out there. He was speaking about all the divine, beautiful things that were entrusted to them that they have that we now participate in, you know, and and can say that we are part of. And like you rightly said, Romans 11, when we talk about that olive tree. And so doesn't this also show us, though, what we've seen with anti-Semitism? And it's it's spreading around the world, you know, and we are seeing so many different anti-Semitic posters and pictures and things like that. Doesn't this show us that ultimately what we need to get comfortable with is the fact that this is a fight between light and darkness. It is. It's totally a spiritual battle. And I'm, I'm glad that you gave me that little segue to talk about, um, as I promised about the Prince of Persia. Mm. Um, Really what we have to understand is that in revelation chapter six, there are 
seals that are being opened, right? Mm -hmm. And I personally believe that uh, if you go to Revelation chapter 6 and and we see these horses, and uh, you also see it in Matthew 24, where where it speaks about wars and rumors of wars, so I really believe that that's about where we are in time is that that the red horse is riding because it says the red horse takes away peace from the earth. And as we see this war escalating greatly to many nations, uh, not just a couple now, but many nations seem to be trying to get involved in it. Hmm. So we know that that red horse is riding and we know that this war is escalating and undoubtedly headed into conflict with Israel's arch enemy, which is Iran. Hmm. And Iran is filled with the with a very darkest, darkest spirit, the prince of Persia, a principality of Satan so strong in its hatred for the Jewish people that we see in Daniel, and this is in Daniel 10, 12 through 13, we see that uh, he had to fight for 21 days. Michael, sorry, Michael, the archangel, had to fight for 21 days against this spirit, the prince of Persia, and then even call for another chief archangel to help him in that battle. So I've really reflected on that and prayed about it and see that this prince of Persia which is an antichrist spirit is alive and well in the nation of Iran and all of its evil proxies, Hezbollah, um, also the jihad, Palestinian jihad, and also um, Hamas are all funded by and directed by and motivated by the Prince of Persia, which is Iran, right? And the goal, the goal of this evil spirit is to annihilate every Jew off the face of the earth. And it is the same spirit that is fueling all of this anti-Semitism around the world. So, yes, it is definitely a spiritual battle. But I have to also say that I rejoice to be hearing stories about how God is working salvation in the midst of all of this. Um, I'd like to so much share uh, the quote from General Avivi from Israel, uh, from the IDF. He was being interviewed and asked how how he feels things are going with the soldiers in the IDF. And this is a direct quote. He stated, all eyes are on the God of Israel. The connection to our God is strong. In war, you don't hesitate. Everybody is speaking with God and seeking his guidance and protection. And, oh, beloved, it's so good to hear that from Israelis. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's the answer to what we said uh, for, for why this is all happening, that God wants to reveal himself fresh and anew to his people, to, to, to the Israelis around the world, the Jewish people around the world who have, have not yet known their Messiah and I, I, I believe that the veil is being lifted. You know, that's in Romans yeah. 11, 2, that speaks about how Israel has experienced a hardening or a veil over their eyes over these 2,000 years, mm-hmm. if you will. And that veil is starting to be lifted through the midst of this war. That's why a God allows such things for the people to go through. Mm-hmm. Sure, you know, it's so moving when you hear General Avivi say those words. And uh, if 
if people have been listening to what some of the commanders and generals have been saying and Every time, uh, even today, I heard uh, one reading from Isaiah talking about Hamas, the violence, and God's directive with that. And, you know, their eyes are on on their God. And uh, so many are the pictures that we see of, you know, the soldiers praying. They have their prayer shawls on. Yeah. They have to fill in on. Uh, yeah. For those who don't know what that is, you know, the, the black cords that they wrap around their arms and their head with a little box on. And we yeah. see those pictures. We see it all the time. And they know that it's not it's not in in our might and power. It's in the God that they serve. And uh, you know, lastly, Kelly, that brings me to the point of saying, how do we pray for Israel at this time? Yes, indeed. Um, back to a second. Thank you. Back to Second Chronicles <laughs> chapter twenty. My one of my very favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, which is a story about the ancient king Jehoshaphat, who was king of Israel at the time. And he gets the news that a terrible, vicious army is coming at them, and they're not ready. They're not equipped, much like what just happened to Israel. They are being surprised by this onslaught of this army coming at them. And and what does he do? He gathers together his people and they pray in unity. And they part of the prayer is exactly what General Avivi said, which really just astonished me, because part of the prayer that King Jehoshaphat and the Israelites prayed was, Lord, we do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Hmm. So as it was then and it is now, it, it takes the people coming into unity, coming into prayer, fasting, all, all the keys that we see in chapter 20 is it, what the people did. And then it also says that the praisers went out at the head of the army because they didn't even really have weapons. <laughs> wow. And so the praisers went at the head of the army and, and praised God. And then the, the enemy turned on itself in the midst of all that praise. And they killed each other which would be like one of these factions I've mentioned of, of terror cells turning on each other when we praise him. Mm-hmm. So I think if we can lift this prayer to our God and say, Lord, we are powerless. We do not know what to do. We're not even sure what to pray, but our eyes are on you. And we want to pray according to your heartbeat. We want to pray according to your will for your people and your land. We want to pray according to the salvation that you are bringing forth in Yeshua, the Messiah, that it would begin to be revealed all across the earth, the message of the gospel. Absolutely. Amen. I I, I almost want to want us to get into a prayer. Kelly, will you lead us in a prayer at this time for what we see happening just as the spirit leads you? Uh, would you do that for us? Yes. Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we acknowledge you, sovereign God, for who you are, that you are sovereign and you have chosen a land and a people for your own, for your own inheritance. And we are humbled and grateful to be grafted into that family. How blessed we are that the blood of Yeshua has covered us and, and allowed us to be part of your family. Now, Lord, knit our hearts to yours. Let us come into your heartbeat in the midst of this war. Help us not to 
be running to political sides and political mm-hmm. factions, Lord, and to set all that aside and to listen for your voice and what you are saying and be able to see and understand what you are doing because you are good. You can't do anything that isn't good. You never do anything that isn't meant in love for your people. You never do anything that is not meant for salvation for everyone because your word says that you want that not one would perish. But Father, we do have a special burden on our hearts for the Jewish people. We pray you would continue to lift the veil from their eyes And we pray for protection over them and their families. And all the cities and towns and villages of Israel, would you just cover them with with Psalm 91 protection, Lord. Uh, Thank you that all these soldiers are wearing bandanas right now with Psalm 91 on them, that they understand that you are their protection and that a thousand may fall at their side, but it will not come near them. Give them strategies and wisdom and understanding in how to fight this war and rout out the enemy because your enemies are their enemies. We praise you, Lord, and we give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Kelly, I want to say thank you so much for being with us today, for imparting to us the wisdom and the grace and the guidance that God has been sharing with you at this time, and also just inspiring our hearts to keep praying and to keep searching the word of God about what is happening uh, and and having a heart for his people. So Kelly, thank you so much for being here today. And, And may God just richly bless you and your family and everything that you're doing in this time. Oh, thank you, Tadar Rabah. Hugs to Tim. And uh, so delightful to get to minister again with you, my sister. It Be was blessed. so good. Take care <laughs> and chat soon. This week, I actually said to my husband, or was it last week? I think it was last week. Uh, the week sometimes seemed to flow into each other. So it was last week I said to him, you know, how are you late to pray at this time? How are you late to pray for Israel? Or how are you led to pray for the whole war? You know, people are saying, I'm praying for this, I'm praying for that. Uh, Pray for this, I'm not praying for that, and I'm praying for this. And his words uh, rang out to me, and I really just felt like it was (laughs) an incredible moment. He said, uh, the Bible has told me, and, you know, God has told me to do one thing. And if we don't hear, you know, God, we need to go to his word. If we are looking for him to speak to us, his word is there for him to speak to us. And he's directed me to do only one thing. And he's directed all of us to do this one thing. And that is pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And that is his directive. That is what he has said. So that is how we should be praying. And that's Psalm 122. And it says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls. And may security be within your cities. For the sake of my brothers and my friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your prosperity. And I want to leave you with that scripture and the powerful prayer that Kelly prayed for us and all of the things that the Spirit has been saying to us in this past hour. May it have ministered to your heart and your being. And don't forget that if you need to hear this again, go on over to our website, Pulpit, and you'll go on over to the podcast page and you will see this episode uploaded on our podcast page and you will be able to listen to it, share it, share it on your social media 
Maybe share it with family members that you want to know this truth as well. Or people just in your congregation or friendship circle who are asking you how they should pray or what they should think or what does the Bible say in this time. And we need to know what the Word of God is leading us to do. It has been such a blessing to be with you, to be with you, my amazing listeners, to be with Kelly and uh, just to be in the Spirit of God and just blessed by His presence blessed by his grace blessed by his truth so be blessed yourself and you know what just be at shalom during this time and i know that there's a very special rugby game coming up this weekend so i pray that we will also have a bit of shalom because the last two weeks with this rugby has just made us a little bit unsettled with those heart palpitations you know needing to sit down drinking some sugar water during the match so let's hope that uh, it's going to be a great game this weekend and god knows and god is in control and so see you next week after we've played that rugby match and may god just continue to bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and bless you with every single thing that you need in terms of his peacefulness until next week take care and god bless This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.